Welcome back to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things that have been said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I will be taking a look at episode 1793 with Mike Baker. Mike Baker, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time once again. It is time for Mike Baker's monthly appearance where he comes on the Joe Rogan experience and he tells us that the CIA did nothing wrong and that the government is good <laughs> and that there's nothing to worry about. And then he leaves for a while and goes back to doing whatever it is he does. Discovery Channel shows um, his fake company that he runs. And then he comes back and he does it all again. And it is almost comically transparent levels of propaganda going on here. At the beginning of the episode, he and Rogan act like it's an amusing coincidence that he is always on whenever there is some sort of major political happening. I mean, do they really expect us to believe this? This is just, this is a coincidence. The first thing I'll talk about is something I've talked about before, I believe in a Mike Baker episode, but I'm going to talk about it again because it is in the news again, you might say, and that is the effects of nuclear war. Rogan and Baker both said the nuclear war would destroy everyone, kill everyone, it would be the end of techno-industrial civilization, there'd be no more you know, pop tarts and all that, all that sort of civilizational stuff. But this really is not true. This is a major misconception about nuclear war. Even if every single nuke on Earth was detonated, you could only destroy an amount of land about half the size of the continental U.S. That's it. So about about three percent of the Earth's land mass could be uh, hit with nukes. And that is a crazy hypothetical scenario where every nuke is used. In reality, if there was some kind of nuclear war, military targets would be the ones getting blasted first. And there's no real reason to think that every nuke would end up getting used for some reason. I mean, there's really no plausible scenario where that happens. Nukes also aren't as destructive as people tend to think they are. Large objects don't just get vaporized by nukes. Buildings, large parts of buildings would probably survive in all likelihood. The things uh, when they were testing nukes, those big scaffolding things, those would survive the nukes that they had been constructed to help detonate. So nukes don't just turn everything into a desert. When you think of the two nuclear bombs that have actually been dropped, <laughs> watch there be a nuclear war like before I even post this episode, and so that fact becomes outdated. But the, the two nukes have actually been dropped. The reason it was so, well, part of the reason it was so catastrophically bad is because a lot of the buildings there were just wood. Not even the fallout would be as bad as people tend to think. Most nukes today would be burst in the air, which causes very little or no fallout. And there's just no tactical reason to not detonate them in the air anymore. That's just the more effective way of doing it. So even that wouldn't be as bad as people think. Uh, but what about nuclear winter, you ask? Wouldn't nuclear war cause a nuclear winter where all the smoke goes into the air and then we have to live in a, a world of perpetual night 
and it would be like the episode of The Simpsons where Mr. Burns makes the thing that blocks the sun and then Maggie shoots him. Maybe, maybe it would be like that, but probably it would not be like that. Nuclear winter is ultimately just a theory, and nobody really knows if that's what would actually happen. The people who came up with it had a lot of political motivations. They wanted all countries to abolish uh, nuclear weapons. And nuclear winter was really built on the assumption that nukes would just turn everything they hit into a massive firestorm, like immediately, that would dump huge amounts of soot into the atmosphere. But there's really a lot of reasons for thinking that this wouldn't happen, and that even if it did happen, the soot wouldn't really stay up there for so long that we'd really get a nuclear winter. What you really hear more these days, post-Cold War, is some sort of nuclear autumn, which doesn't sound nearly as threatening, in my opinion. Basically, what I'm saying here is don't worry about it. An all-out nuclear war with Russia wouldn't really be that bad. If I learned that this was happening, I wouldn't even read the full article in the news. I would just see the headline and I would move on. It wouldn't even bother me. If there was a nuclear war, you would probably still have to go to work the next day. That's how casual it would be. And I'm only like 60% joking here. Obviously, it would be bad. Uh, A lot of people would probably be vaporized. Um, But it would not just reset everything back to pre-industrial times. You know, like that famous Einstein quote, or whoever said it, you know, we fought with uh, World War, we fought with guns, and then uh, I I know the weapons that the past fought with, and I don't, I the next war will be fought with sticks and stones. Some quote like that. That's really not true. Nuclear weapons will not send us back to the Stone Age. It will put like a dent in techno-industrial civilization, but that's really it. Things will pretty much just roll on. If you didn't listen to the episode, Russia is, of course, the biggest thing they talk about. And Mike Baker says that Putin has publicly said that he wants the whole USSR land back. Putin has not said this publicly. That is not true. And as we all know, since Putin has not said it publicly, that must mean it's not true. Because he's a very open and trustworthy guy. Well, really what Putin has said is that Ukraine is not a real country. That's his justification. He hasn't come out and said, you know, listen, I'm taking the Soviet Union back. We're coming back. He said, well, Ukraine isn't even a real country anyway. So how can I be invading a country if it's not even a country? Um, He has, however, said that the collapse of the Soviet Union was a tragedy. And he was once asked by a reporter what Russian historical event he would like to change, and he answered the collapse of the Soviet Union. During that same Q&A, which I thought was kind of interesting, a reporter basically asked him if he could choose what period of history he could live in when he would want to live. And Putin said, quote, You see, in my previous periods, all of my ancestors were serfs, and I'm the president. Basically saying, this is when I want to live. And I just thought that was interesting. Now, while they're talking about Putin and whether or not he is a crazy person, Rogan slipped in a comment that I found to be very interesting. And most people probably didn't even notice this. And it's not what the episode is about in general. But I thought it was the most interesting thing he said. Partially because it is a sort of weird topic. 
in partially because I think it reveals a lot about Rogan's personal life and his thoughts. They're talking about how old Putin is, and Rogan says that being old is much better today than it was in the past thanks to medical technology. And he then quickly rattles off a list of things that supposedly help with this and have anti-aging youthful properties. He says hyperbaric chambers, HGH, testosterone replacement, NMN, and NAD can all combat aging. And as it turns out, none of these things actually do anything in terms of anti-aging. I will discuss all of them here, starting with the hyperbaric chamber. To me, this is the most interesting one, and it has a lot of lore behind it. Michael Jackson would sometimes sleep in a hyperbaric chamber, because he was such a big believer in its anti-aging powers. And I wonder if Joe Rogan does the same thing. Hyperbaric chambers are these things that kind of look like tanning beds or MRI machines, except they're, they're clear sometimes. And they give you really high levels of oxygen and air pressure. So you just go lay in them and breathe. And these are not a new thing. The first one was made in 1662. And back then they called it a domicilium. And it supposedly cured all kinds of stuff. It, act, it, it didn't actually. But I mean, you got to cut them some slack because it was 1662 and they didn't really know what was going on. And then in the 1800s, the, these things were kind of a fad among French elites who enjoyed using them for their supposed restorative properties. Hyperbaric chambers do have real modern medical uses, such as helping divers who have the bends and dealing with diabetic foot ulcers and things like that, things that have to do with circulation. But there's no real evidence that laying in this chamber has any sort of anti-aging effects. Um, Despite the lack of real evidence, it is very expensive to use these things. You can buy one yourself, or you can go to a hyperbaric spa, and they will just stick you in one of theirs. The thing about the spas and the home chambers, though, is that they are often not the same as the the real hyperbaric chambers. The real ones give you 1.5 to 3 times the pressure of our atmosphere. But most spas and things can only do 1.2 times or so, which is just the equivalent of going from Salt Lake City to San Francisco. Really not that big of a difference. It's kind of a scam. It's also kind of risky, so you better you better make sure you're going to a legit spa or have a good one in your house. Because done at the wrong pressure, it can give you seizures and mess with your hearing and vision. Pressurized oxygen is also just a dangerous thing to have around in general. And two people in Florida died one time because one of these things exploded. I like, I sort of like to imagine Rogan bringing this thing up in conversations with his rich friends. Kind of like how Paul Allen in American Psycho uh, kind of dabs on Bateman by telling him he has his own tanning bed in his house. I like to imagine Rogan going around and saying like, you know, I have hyperbaric chamber in my house. You should really look into it. So that's hyperbaric chambers. But what about human growth hormone? Well, according to the Mayo Clinic, anyway, there's little evidence to suggest HGH can help otherwise healthy adults regain youth and vitality. 
and there's little to no information about the long-term effects of HGH treatment. <laughs> there is no study or anything that shows that this has anti-aging effects. So not only is it untested, but really it's not known what will happen in the long term. Um, will Joe Rogan eventually look like Big Lenny from the Delray Misfits? If you are unaware of this man, just search Big Lenny and you will get a possible glimpse into Joe Rogan's biological future. Nobody knows if this is a real thing that can help uh, with aging. This is also illegal, by the way. It is illegal to prescribe HGH for anti-aging purposes. <laughs> what about testosterone? Will just pumping yourself full of test cause you to age slower? Uh, no, not really. Again, according to the Mayo Clinic, quote, although some men believe they feel younger and more vigorous if they take testosterone medications, there's little evidence to support the use of testosterone in otherwise healthy men. Guidelines from the American College of Physicians indicate that testosterone therapy might improve sexual function somewhat in some men, but there's little evidence that it improves other functions, such as vitality and energy. Test also comes with some pretty serious known risks. I mean, if you're into, uh, if you're into lifting at all, you've probably already heard this. <laughs> but shooting, up, uh, shooting yourself with some test can give you acne or other skin reactions benign prostatic hyperplasia, uh, growth of existing prostate cancer, enlarging your breasts, shrinking your testicles, and it can even cause uh, blood clots. So uh, maybe don't like take testosterone uh, if you're trying to avoid getting wrinkles. Um, you should take it, though, if you're trying to uh, get huge. That is, that's kind of a must, frankly. So then what about NMN and NAD? Well, NMN, aka nicotidemonide monocluotide, belongs in the needs more research category. It's sort of a maybe. There's no really serious evidence uh, that MNN or NAD really do anything. There's all sorts of supplements you can take. It's not like TEST or HGH where it could have possibly like uh, very negative consequences, but there's not a real strong reason to take it. So basically there's really no serious reason for thinking that any of these uh, anti-aging medicines do that at all. And all right, I know nobody wants to talk about COVID anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm glad that there's not really an unending COVID talk on Jerry, but I cannot, I cannot help but point this out, that uh, the, this sort of irony or hypocrisy, either, either way, that Rogan is willing to take all of this stuff, which has never been studied in a serious way, he's willing to take HGH and testosterone for who knows how long, but the vaccine is, is simply too experimental <laughs> for him. I mean, look, I, I, don't, I don't see how anyone can still pretend that uh, Rogan arrived at his vaccine opinions through some sort of objective uh, way. It was, it was clearly more of a political thing, in my opinion. Uh, but back to politics in Russia, which is what this episode was actually about, believe it or not. 
Mike Baker says that the real reason fuel prices are up is because Joe Biden, uh, his stated plan is to kill the fossil fuel industry. Now, this is kind of true. It is true that Biden's stated plan is to do that. In a sort of town hall Q&A thing, he said, quote, kiddo, <laughs> that is part of the quote. He said, kiddo, I want you to look at my eyes. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, we're going to end fossil fuel. So he said that anyway, but he actually did not end fossil fuels. In fact, it has been just the opposite. Under Biden, U.S. oil production hit an all-time high of roughly 13,000 barrels per day. So this is not why gas prices are going up, in case you're wondering. Mike Baker also says that there's no way Ukraine would have ever gotten into NATO. Obviously, this is sort of the uh, you know America line here, I guess, the CIA line. Um, and it's hard to look back and sort of try and predict the future from the perspective of the past. However, I really don't think you can definitively say that there's no way Ukraine would have joined NATO. In 2020, Ukraine joined NATO's Enhanced Opportunity Partner Interoperability Program. And in 2021, they did joint naval drills with NATO. So they were definitely dancing around it. I don't think you can say it wasn't even a possibility like Meg Baker does. He's very confident about that. That is really all I have to say about this latest Mike Baker appearance. I think we're all a little bit tired of this guy being on JRE every 10th episode. <laughs> At least I am anyway. His company diligence is obviously a front for the CIA. It's like it's barely even hidden. It's like incredibly obvious. I made a Patreon episode about this weird fake company that he runs. Um, supposedly out of his home in Idaho, uh, which is a fake state as well. It is a basically a crazy person colony of people who moved there from other states because they were scared of 5G cell towers or whatever. It is not. It's not a real thing. There's there's not like potato farms. It's just like crazy people from California. <laughs> um, uh, that's like barely a joke. If you want to listen to the six bonus episodes that exist so far, you can subscribe to the Patreon. Thank you for listening to this. I appreciate all of my listeners, even the people who send me weird emails. And I will see you next episode.